to join us. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to talk about something. Whatever's important to you, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And we talked a lot about the metaverse here on the show. And it's it's something that I think confuses both of us as, as just this concept of people residing in these virtual reality worlds i understand them to an extent like that video game second life or whatever or the sims something along those lines i understand the entertainment value of something that's like a video game but that doesn't seem to be what's going on here with these metaverses i i don't know if it's confusing to me to me it just seems like a repackaging of virtual reality it's like oh Okay, calling it virtual reality hasn't really worked out very well. Let's call it something else and put a bunch of money behind promoting this new thing. And we'll make sure it's clear that it's for more than just playing video games. Now you can have meetings. This is what Facebook uh, has put out there as their first quote-unquote... Oh, I'm sorry, they changed their name. Meta, formerly known as Facebook has put out there as their first product. I have not interacted with it, but I saw a story about it a few weeks ago, uh, that they now have a metaverse, quote-unquote, which is virtual reality, meeting space. So instead of instead of having, you know, your typical Zoom meeting, which, let's be honest, Zoom sucks, and these online meetings with people just talking into a camera are always just a cluster F in many cases. Sure. So, but so now I can't you can sit this. in a virtual boardroom with the people with whom you're meeting and you can have little avatars. But that doesn't sound like it would really be an, an improvement over the Zoom experience. It just, you know, changes the user interface of it. I, I don't know if it's an improvement or not. Like I said, I haven't tried it. It is a different idea a little bit, right? Like instead of everybody just having screens and faces you have a virtual environment in which you can like i don't know raise your hand or something like your little virtual hand i don't know it sounds kind of lame uh at first at first blush but i haven't really you know read anybody's opinions about it as far as what do they think does it is it better than your typical zoom meeting i don't know i looked into getting one of the new oculus uh, whatever they're called, I don't Quest Two, I think it was, because mm. it was relatively cheap, like three hundred bucks or something like that. But it didn't seem worth it to me. Uh, maybe fifty bucks, it would have been worth it, but not for three hundred. Even at that price, the virtual reality, it just didn't really seem to be there for me. Okay, so I skipped out on it. So I can't even test one of these out to see if it's actually. A- well, you can. I mean, you could still do it, probably like computer screen style. I suppose. Yeah, but. That's, just wouldn't have the VR aspect. Yeah, and it seems like the VR aspect is sort of critical to all of this. I mean, as you mentioned, the whole metaverse thing is just a repackaging of VR saying, oh, but it's for more than just video games now. Yeah, I guess they would. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to speculate here that a metaverse advocate would say, well, you'd have to have VR to have the true metaverse experience, but you can still experience the metaverse on a plain flat screen because they're going to want people to be in this thing. They're going to want people to spend right. a lot of time uh, in here. That's why Facebook has literally rebranded itself as Meta. This is what they are now focusing uh, on. And this, you know, buying Oculus many years ago was the first step towards doing that. So they're doing that. And the latest hot real estate market isn't on the coasts or in Sunbelt cities. It's in the metaverse where gamers are flocking and digital property sales are setting new records. Mm. That's so bizarre to me. 
A growing number of because I've played I played online video games. It's just the idea of like paying real money for like a video game piece of property or something like that, which is all this is. They can call it whatever they want, but this whole metaverse thing is just a video game. Whether they treat it that mm-hmm. way or not, whether it has win conditions or not, it's just a video game. The idea of spending real money to acquire stake in a digital property. It doesn't sit right with me, and that's well, essentially what they're I'm gonna defend, to do. I'm going to defend this, and, and I'm a critic of uh, the metaverse as a general, like because big corporations are behind this thing, like all these mega companies in the news are pimping this. So I'm real skeptical about this. But buying digital things in video games goes back for you know the last. 15 years at least going back to second life when they uh and maybe even before that but i know we talked about second life here on free talk live way back in the day somebody set up a a little free talk live listening lounge basically and they had uh, i think like i think they had like the audio stream of the show playing in the lounge and people could come in and you know hang out and have chat uh, with each other while the the show was playing which is pretty cool you know it's pretty cool and so people and the linden labs which made that and I think it still exists, Second Life. They made Second Life. They they introduced the Linden dollar or something like that, or the Lindens or something, and it was tied to the U.S. dollar. So this was pre-crypto. This was you know a real basic right. form of, of digital currency. But you could buy and sell things inside Second Life with these Linden dollars. And those things could include things like property or some sort of, you know, new avatar or T-shirt or whatever, you know, to wear on your avatar, that kind of stuff. See, I get those. It's the actual digital property, like land, that is weird to me because in a what's dig- the difference? Land in a digital world is infinitely creatable. So are like t- T-shirts. So it's <laughs> or whatever, you know, avatars. I mean. Not necessarily. I mean, if you want one specific skin for your character, and only the developer has that, you mm-hmm. have to pay them to get it. I understand that, but that's actually useful to you in a way because you're you saying actually the skin. See that, and you're saying you could hire a graphics person to create a skin just for you, and it'd be the one skin that only exists for you, and it's not anywhere else. Sure. Of. I mean, you could certainly do that, but that's what that's what you're saying is different between that and the land. Is like you could have something unique for your character. In the game versus land, which is, you know, somebody hits a button and there's a ton of land to sell. I don't know that it necessarily has to be unique, right? But your character can only wear one shirt. And if you, I don't know how to phrase what I'm trying to say. Well, I think you're missing the idea that virtual land in the same way, like you're not wrong that somebody somewhere in whatever game we're talking about, and there's a couple of them that are, from what I've seen, there are a couple of them that are like crypto-based. Uh, one of them's called Decentraland, and I don't know, there's another one, and I don't recall what that one's called off, off the top of my head. But somebody made this thing, and somebody decided, or maybe a, a decentralized autonomous organization, I think, is involved in the crypto ones. They decided, all right, we're, we're going to make this amount of space, and then people can buy the space and put things there. Some of that space is going to be more valuable than others. For instance, the space in which, like, there's... You know, in these virtual lands, there's like teleporters, right? You like right. You, you go to the teleporter and it can take you to these other places. Well, the place right next to the teleporter, just like the uh, spot next to the interstate in real life, is going to be highly valued real estate, right? Because that's where everybody comes out into this virtual land. So you're going to see people paying top 
Bitcoin or whatever uh, for that particular space. Whereas the the space that's out in the cow fields, you know, the virtual cow fields isn't going to be worth as much. So okay, you make it's a, a good market point that the, although infinitely generatable or whatever the word it would be. Not all land in the video game world would be equivalently valued. Correct. Because you can't just generate a new you know, nexus for people to travel to and enjoy. Right. And something like uh, you know, Vegas, for instance, a good example of a real-life city that came out of nothing, basically. Right? Like, it's in the desert. There's no yeah. real reason for that city to be there. There certainly were no natural resources besides desert you know, there's nothing that's really there. Not really, right? a natural resource. Yeah. Is, is it? <laughs> right. It's a lack of so, natural. That's what I'm resources. saying. There was yeah. nothing. There's no real reason for that to to show up there. But somebody said they planted their flag in the ground and they said we're going to build a city here. And they built one of the the biggest, most successful cities on the planet. You know, to to date, and it's been an incredible success story. So the same thing could very well happen in these decentralized, uh, crypto-based metaverse properties, where somebody's got some cow field or whatever, and they turn it into an attraction, right? Like they make something of that, where people want to come there and be there, and then all of a sudden, the property next door to the you know the attraction goes up in price. It's interesting. It is interesting, and. I look forward to seeing how that plays out, whether or not people are actually going to create their own digital Vegases and things like that. I, I guess it's not as bothersome of an idea buying digital land as it initially seemed to me. It's just foreign to me, I guess. Yeah. Well, is anybody doing this? Call in. Tell us about it. 603-283-6160. Yeah! Especially if you bought some property in one of these digital metaverses, give us a call, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Yeah, it's Ian. And we were, you know, continuing the discussion about these during the break, and you mentioned that uh, the two main ones, Sandbox and Decentraland, both of which this article mentions, Mm -hmm. also have cryptocurrencies attached to them that are up significantly. Ethereum, specifically Ethereum tokens. Okay, right. And they are actually number 40 and number 41 right now on the CoinGecko crypto charts, Sandbox being number 40 and Decentraland being number 41. These are large you know, crypto tokens uh, with nearly $2 billion in trading volume each in the last 24 hours. But what we don't know is if these are just investors hoping to make money, hoping that this idea is going to catch on and they're going to have all of these things of value that they can sell at a higher rate, or whether the masses of people out there are actually going to be interested in this. Hmm. And I I don't think they are. Well, I mean, are the masses of people interested in going into VR? Probably not. I mean, the, the sales numbers from what I hear on VR aren't particularly impressive, uh, the but that said, Linden Labs and Second Life still exist. So there's people who are still using what is now more than I think 15 year old technology as far as the Second Life. I mean, I I presume they haven't updated it since then, right? I, I have to assume they have updated it. I mean, but like you know, they made want it money, to... and no one's going to pay them money for a game that hasn't been updated in like fifteen years. Hmm. Well, I'll have to check that because it was initially released in two thousand and three, uh, and you know, it's wow, almost twenty years old. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they've had updates as far as like you know, changing 
technology to fix bugs or whatever, but do you think they would really update the game to where, oh, now you can't play it if you don't have the right graphics cards? I mean, they they would want to hmm. keep everybody involved, so maybe they add some options or make it... I don't you know. know. I've never I played. I, I, I mean, I know it's, it's extremely popular. There's bound to be someone out there who has played it and could let us know. I played it years ago when the whoever it was, some listener, some great listener of ours, created a Free Talk Live listening lounge, as I mentioned before. And of course, you know, hey, I'll check that out. You make a thing sure. with Free Talk Live. All right, well, let's go in and see what this is like. And it was fine. You know, it's it's one of those things that there's a lot of people that are into the building uh, games, right? So like Minecraft, where you build things, yeah. right? Uh, that's a that's a big gaming category. So this, I mean, it's does, not just big. Minecraft is the it's big, huge. It's the highest selling game in history. That's amazing. The only one that's actually beaten it is Tetris, and Tetris gets off on a technicality because it includes all versions of Tetris mm. as just tetris so like the game boy version the nas version all of that tetris attack they get included just as tetris Hmm. but if you actually break those down into individual games minecraft is number one by hundreds of millions it is insane how successful minecraft is so the fact that you know second life still exists uh and i mean it must be used by enough people to where linden labs can still make money that suggests that there's a list you know at the very least a marketplace for these types of games and the fact that the other ones even if it is people just speculating that they're going to make money on the decentralized in the sandbox uh crypto worlds well good lord world of warcraft was released in 2004 yeah plenty of people going, still right? play that yeah uh and so you know if you bought the second light or no, sorry not second life you bought the sandbox or you bought decentraland a month ago you're up quite a bit, actually. You're up, uh, let's see, last 30 days, according to CoinGecko, you are up 347% on Sandbox. But and still, buying the buying the token doesn't necessarily mean that they're interested in the metaverse aspects of it. They that's just true. expect people to be, which would, in theory, drive up the value of the token. And that's true. And I, you know, maybe you go into one of these games and there's no one there. You know, and if if so, why would people be buying real estate in these games? Because it's one thing to buy the well, token; it's another thing to buy a plot of "quote unquote" land. Well, according to this article, people may or may not be, but investment firms are. Hmm. So individuals may not be buying property to use, and investment firms are buying it so they can resell it later, presumably. Yeah. Interesting. They're doing that in these digital worlds where players simulate real-life pursuits from shopping to attending a concert. And this is where they lose me, right? Mm-hmm. If there was one of these metaverses, one of these VR worlds that I could go into and you know play whatever character I wanted with wizards and dragons and stuff like that, I would be interested in it. But just to go there and go digitally shopping? Are you kidding me? I don't like shopping in real life. <laughs> Why would I do it in a video game? And again, these are ultimately just video games. And if I'm going to attend a concert, I'm going to attend a concert. I've seen sure. one of these live-streamed concerts, right? Lame. Because Metallica, they did a remix of the song Disposable Heroes, where mm-hmm. they called it an acoustic hard rock version. I don't remember exactly what they called it, but I was curious enough to check it out. And it was just a seven-minute or so long clip of one of these live concerts. And they're terrible. Yeah, It's nothing like the real experience whatsoever. Not that I would expect it to be, but like I have a decent sound system and stuff and it's just, it's not there and it's mm. never going to be the same. No, of course not. 
Um, I'm with you completely on that. I'm not interested at all in having the metaverse replace real life. I'm personally not interested in spending any time there. You know, there's nothing that's attractive to me so far, at least in the pitch about this. I mean, but then again, I I barely spend any time playing video games these these days. Anyway, there's just too many other things that that occupy my time. Um, but I've just got the Coin Gecko pulled up for Decentraland and quick description here. Have you read or watched Ready Player One? Now I have not, but I've heard about this. I have. It's pretty good. It's a it's a movie. It's a book. And isn't there like gaming kind of things that happen in Ready Player One, like people shooting and yeah, it's all about things? the real world just being you know this trashed space where people basically live mm-hmm. in um, eighteen wheeler trailers, uh, tractor trailers, mm-hmm. the, or something along those lines. Just these little compartments that are just solid steel, and there's nothing appealing about it. They have like a bed, and mm-hmm. then they have a VR space, right? Where they can put on these special suits and experience the haptic feedback and all of yep. that and actually maneuver themselves in this video game world that doesn't suck that badly. So because the real world is just absolutely awful, everyone spends more and more time in this digital world. Sure. That's not the plot, but it's just but how it got to But there are gaming that things that happen in, De- in Ready Player One. Yes. Right? It's not just people walking around chatting. Right. So this said, I mean, they, they cite Ready Player One here. Then they say, if you have, then you know where we are headed. Decentraland is a decentralized VR, virtual reality world, that is powered by the Ethereum blockchain. In this virtual world, you can purchase land, build it, monetize, and immerse into the applications and content that is built by other users. Now, maybe the, that suggests that there might be the option to play some sort of a game if someone could somehow build that within this platform. It's not real clear, but like, why would they cite Ready Player One, which, you know, or are they just saying that the real world's, the real world's starting to suck now we want you to join our yeah, I, I mean know. that's not a selling point at all for anyone who paid attention to ready player one i mean mm-hmm. it was the video game world was good but it was controlled by this evil tech giant that was trying i don't remember exactly what they were trying to do it's been three years i think since i've seen the movie well that's the key difference here is that decentraland is decentralized purportedly so, until it gets bought out but it's different in that way than, say, Linden Labs, which is a centralized corporation. This is run, I think, by a decentralized organization. But when Meta releases theirs, it may be more popular. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings. The simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down and to put you in control of your own happiness so you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Join us, weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. 
if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria and Ian. And it's a bit beyond our scope to explain to you, you know, what an Ethereum token is and how these things play into these metaverses that people are creating. Mm-hmm. To do that, you have to already know a little bit about cryptocurrency. Or you have to know a lot about cryptocurrency, really. But if you want to learn about it, because there's no better time than now, Bitcoin.com has that for you. All you have to do is click getting started at the top of the page. There are some videos there that you can watch. You can watch as many as you want, dive as deep into it, or just learn the basics. And you can actually get cryptocurrency there now, apparently. That's all at Bitcoin.com. And they have a new site for people who are already knowledgeable about cryptocurrency and want to stay up to date on what's happening in the crypto world. That's news.bitcoin.com. We're talking about the metaverse here and... I'm shocked the interest reached a new peak on Tuesday when Republic Realm, a firm that develops real estate in the metaverse, said that it paid $4.3 million for land in the world sandbox. Four and a okay. half million dollars for virtual land. That's, that, that is that a record or just like you know another day in the It is the biggest sandbox. virtual real estate sale publicized to date, according okay. to the company, and to data from the website nonfungible.com, which tracks digital land sales. Interesting. It is. Investors' interest in virtual real estate got a boost last month after Facebook renamed itself Meta Platforms Incorporated. And said oh, it, I thought they were just Meta. Interesting. I didn't know that. I thought they were as well, hmm. and said that it would focus on online worlds commonly called the metaverse. I don't like the name the metaverse, right? Because my understanding of the metaverse is our universe and all of the other universes that exist parallel to ours and within each other. Virtual worlds, these, I don't think they qualify for That's not the metaverse. If anything's the metaverse, this would be the metaverse. Hmm. So I, think I don't like came, the terminology. It came from some sort of sci-fi author. Okay. And people just adopted it. I would rather just call these digital worlds, but whatever. Republic Realm bought the $4.3 million worth of land from video game company Atari. Wow. So I knew they were still around, but I thought they were like dying. So They have been dead as far as being a video game company for many, many years, but somebody bought the, the, you know, the logo or whatever. They bought the name essentially years ago and they've just, uh, they've had some weird news headlines. Like they're building a hotel. They launched an Atari crypto or might just be a token. The last I heard about Atari was when the Xbox 360 version of Asteroids was released, Mm. and it was just absolutely terrible. Oh, man. How do you screw that one up? By making the same game from 1979 on Xbox 360 with better graphics and expecting it to be successful, really, is what they did. Looks like the Atari token came out just about a year ago. It is a Ethereum token, of course. And it shot up to, over the period of a few months, maybe about half a year, shot up to around 50 cents, is currently now uh, 15 cents. Not a good time to, well, I guess now would be a good time if one was interested in it and acquiring it since it's on sale. And Republic Realms and Atari said they plan to partner on the development of some of the properties. That acquisition broke a record set just last week by a subsidiary of Canadian investment firm Tokens.com Corporation, which said it paid around $2.5 million for land in the world Decentraland's 
fashion district. Ah, see? They've already got different areas. Uh, the fashion district and God knows what else. They actually included a picture of what these virtual worlds look like. Mm-hmm. And it's only slightly better than Minecraft. Yeah. Um, I don't see the appeal here. I mean... I've seen the uh, the videos, the images. I've seen it. Uh, not that impressed either. But they can't have these things being top tier, AAA rated video game quality graphics because it has to appeal to people who can just go on a web browser. And you don't, you know, you can't do that with Metal Gear Solid Seven or you know Resident Evil Eight or whatever. So you can't have that kind of level of. But is it realism? Like the whole point of virtual reality is to take reality and make it virtual? I mean, this looks nothing like reality. It looks closer to Minecraft than anything I've ever seen in real life. And I mean that. Mm. It's like you can tell it's built block by block just like Minecraft. Yeah. But isn't that what people like? I like that about Minecraft. Yeah. I don't know that I would want to play. I think there are VR versions of Minecraft. I don't know that I would want to play Mm -hmm. them. And I don't know that I would want to play by the rules that Decentraland or whoever has set up saying, oh, no, you can't break that block. You can't build here or whatever, because Mm. in Minecraft, it's my world and I can do what I want. Mm, Yeah. So and, you know, there are servers. I I actually do run a Minecraft server and other people play there and very hands off, obviously, do whatever you want. Just don't be mean to people. Mm -hmm. And it works pretty well without all of these. Oh, no, if you want to build there, you have to you know, cash at me $250 or whatever. Yeah, that's a good question is how did the Decentraland work as far as servers are concerned? Can you spin up your own uh, Decentraland server? If and it's decentralized, you must be able in to. In theory, you would think so, right? Uh, and then and then you have all the land that you can then, in theory, sell out to people if they value being on Aria's server? Are we about to see Decentraland.freetalklive.com? Uh, we we can't <laughs> because we're not we're not allowed to do that stuff. Do you have to have the cryptocurrency in order to run one of those servers? I don't know. That's a great question. These are all questions I don't have the answer to. But if you're into Decentraland or Sandbox, these are the two biggies out there as far as uh, quote-unquote metaverse, uh, crypto-related real estate, then give us a call. Now, think about this. If you own crypto or if you own virtual real estate, you never have to deal with fixing things, right? Like oh, as far as true. Like the weather isn't going to blow your house over. Uh, you don't have to fix, a, you know, upgrade the roof unless you want to change it, right? Like unless you want to change the color. It's not going to like rot away or anything like that. So. Didn't we talk about a Metaverse article that was adding little annoyances like that? Um, mm. Maybe it was at know. the the... The Black Rock Desert thing. What is that that they do? Oh, Burning Man. Uh, Burning Man. Where they were adding, you know, waiting in lines and stuff like that. Well, that was just stupid. Experience. Yeah, but it it's no more stupid than, you know, having one of these virtual houses where the pipes just randomly bust, right? Well, that's not happening. It might. Someone might come along and be like, hey, this would be brilliant. This isn't realistic enough. We need things to break. Well, they didn't need lines for Burning Man. I don't know. This guy, Andrew Kegel, says this is like buying land in Manhattan 250 years ago as the city is being built. Except way more expensive already. I mean, if you're talking about $4 million, I don't think anybody was paying $4 million for properties in Manhattan 200 years ago. And based on what I'm seeing, that's not because of any sort of market demand for that land at this point. It's it just, must be. This what is how mean? much we expect it to be worth in the future. That is the market demand. Atari said, we have this property... Here, it's for sale, and another company came in and said, we'll take that. Okay, fair point. I mean, that's the market. 
These virtual worlds, often created by video game developers, include cities where a user's avatar can stroll and shops where they can buy a new winter coat or a painting to hang on the walls of their virtual home. Mm -hmm. These digital worlds feature apartments or lounges where users can hang out with avatars of their real-life friends. Participants pay in cryptocurrencies to gamble in virtual casinos Uh, or to indulge in more extravagant pursuits such as virtual yachts. Okay. People love gambling, so that's an that's an attraction for a lot of people, right? I'm curious, though, is spending money the only way to actually do anything in these virtual worlds? It seems uh, like no, you, should be you able can to... just log in and walk around. Oh, but you that mean like do, sound very fun. You mean like do something more than walk around? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you could chat in theory, right? Like, so your friend has bought a property. And they're going to throw a virtual party, and they invite you to their property, and you can go and hang out. That sounds absolutely horrible. It does, but, you know, this isn't (laughs) targeted towards people who want to meet in real life. Real estate investors are looking to sell homes that are close to users' friends and virtual attractions. They're developing retail spaces, which they hope to lease to virtual retailers (laughs) for rent priced in hard currency or cryptocurrency. Mm. Ownership of land is recorded through non-fungible tokens. Property sales are usually done in crypto, unique to each metaverse. There's a little bit more about this that I want to get into. What are your thoughts? To me, it sounds crazy. I'm not interested. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us. 603-283-6160 if you change the subject entirely talk about whatever's important to you 603-283-6160 with you tonight it's aria it's ian and we had some video issues earlier but good news for our viewers on odyssey the odyssey the odyssey stream was working just fine if you want to follow us there it's video.freetalklive.com in the long term, it's the only video platform that is really going to always have the Free Talk Live feed because these other ones are constantly kicking us off and deplatforming us. Like, we can't be on YouTube right now. I think by their terms, they won't allow us to stream. But even once we can stream again, it would be unnecessarily risky to resume it because we'd be one strike away from having the entire video archive there just deleted. Well, I think that strike uh, expires in December, sometime this month, uh, December. So. so we don't have to deal with that at Odyssey. That's video.freetalklive.com. If you're not already following us there, it's the best place to watch us because, our, like I said, we're always going to be there. You don't have to worry about whether we're there from one day to the next. It's always there. And it was the only stream that was working for the first half hour of tonight's show. That's mm. video. FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to the phones. We have Sam calling from Ohio. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was just wondering if the NH exit had gotten a bill number yet. Oh, that's a darn I don't good know the question. answer to that. Ian is going to look that up real quickly. Yeah. I don't I, I feel like we would have heard if it had, because it would be much more easy for the media to reference and bring attention to. But there's a lot of Yeah, I just thought it might have gotten one because i thought when you were if i remember correctly aria you were reading through like a list of the upcoming bills yeah and i feel like you had a number no it didn't as of last week i've been checking every week it still does not i just pulled up the list of what they call lsrs in new hampshire and it has not been assigned one yet cr stand for uh constitutional or sorry concurrent amendment constitutional 
Uh, no, constitutional amendment, concurrent resolution. That's what it stands for. To be clear, they oh. do have LSR numbers, but the LSR number is not the same as the bill number, and it was Correct. the LSR number that I was giving during that particular episode. Yeah, that's that is oh, a way to reference okay. the thing, but it's not permanent because it's going to have an actual bill number given to it, and so it will end up being C A C R some number. So probably one so through the twelve. Number or that you get, so that number that you gave is going to change so quickly it doesn't even matter. Well, it hasn't been quick, but it will change at some point, probably within the next four weeks, would be my guess. And who knows why they do it this way? I certainly don't. It sounds Stupid silly. Stupid government and, bureaucracy. Yeah, I mean, it's been... But I'm saying four weeks for government is pretty quick. No, it's been waiting for now two months. Uh, so we're talking oh, about... Has it been that long? Yeah, I guess yeah, it has. Yeah, they put it in in early September. Yeah. So, so by the end of that four weeks, it'll have been three months mm-hmm. that it took them to simply write down a four-digit number or a five-digit number and attach it to this bill. Well, in theory, what's going on here is the legislative services group or bureaucracy or whatever in the state house is a group of attorneys, as I understand it, that reviews all of the bills that the state representatives and senators put forward. And th- they Even just... the stupid bill about how to re- properly remove you know, waters from, I mean, logs from rivers or whatever. Right. They take the... Oh, that's right. That was one of the ones on there. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was a large number of stupid ones. Sure. Well, there's 800 plus uh, pieces of legislation. So, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get with over 400, uh, you know, 400 representatives and 24 senators. You've got a lot of uh, legislation to go through. So they do have a large task on their hands. And what they do is they take the proposed legislation the wording from the the you know the the people who submitted them and they review it and they like put it in the correct format make sure it's legally sound and yeah, all that i don't know if they make changes or if they suggest changes or what but there's so, some level of you know if i remember correctly oversight. from what mike said that's mike sylvia the lead sponsor of the constitutional amendment to declare independence from the united states mm-hmm they make changes to it and then send it back and you can and he approves and you either approve yeah. or disapprove of the changes they make i don't remember what happens if you disapprove the changes and i don't, I don't know if either. we ever actually went over that but thankfully they didn't seem to make any changes to the constitutional amendment yeah that i don't think they have proposed yeah so the bill we get should be the bill that you know they actually put forward thank you Correct. for the call tonight sam i mean as soon as it happens free talk live will probably be the first media outlet to cover it i expect so but we're not watching it closely, so we may not be the first ones to catch it. Who knows? Hmm. At any rate, you will know about it as soon as we know about it. And I look forward to it because that's going to make it a lot easier to talk about. Bill number whatever. But we're talking about the metaverse tonight where people are seceding from reality, it seems, and joining these things like, I've already forgotten their name, Sandbox and Decentraland. Decentraland. As in the physical world, zoning rules limit what and where a company can build in the metaverse. And Mm. in theory, at least, too much development could lead to a market glut. I don't know what that means. But unlike in the real world... Too much supply. uh, Metaverse buildings can defy the laws of physics by appearing to hover above the ground. Oh, golly gee, how how unusual. (laughs) Right. I can't believe they would even bother writing that sentence. And then we charge rent, just like a regular landlord, Miss Yorio said. The company employs an asset manager to deal with tenants' complaints <laughs> and change requests. Its developments include a mall, which at least is to retailers selling fashion for avatars, 
and a master-planned community of around 100 villas on private islands that it sold to individuals. Hmm. Amazing. Tokens.com, which is publicly traded, is currently developing an 18-story skyscraper in Decentraland that it hopes to lease to lawyers or cryptocurrency exchanges, <laughs> lawyers, which can use the building for events or advertising. Are they going to have courts, too, in Decentraland for disputes? They're bound to eventually, right? Oh, Some God. sort of government will develop on these things, and it will have rules and... Probably Keep, some ability. I'm just le- I'm getting less and less interested the more I hear about it. Well, I, if the idea behind Decentraland is what I'm picturing is like a bunch of, you know, Matrix, not Matrix servers, a bunch of um, uh, the social one. I always forget what it's called. So- social. Oh, Mastodon. Yeah. A bunch of Mastodon servers that, you know, individuals can create and control how they mm. want. And maybe some of these will have authoritarian type systems where if you don't follow the rules that this person has laid down for the server, they just ban you for life or whatever. So they exercise that authoritarian power over you where others would be more libertarians. Like, hey, yeah, we don't really care. But how could they all work together and still have a single decentral land where this land could be worth millions of dollars, right? You're mm. you're buying land in all of decentral land and not on decentralland.freetalklive.com or whatever. Well, we don't know how this works exactly at this point, so I, I don't want to speculate further. This I'm having know, a hard time imagining how this could possibly be decentralized. Mm. Well, it is run by a decentralized autonomous organization. So that alone makes it unusual as far as you so know what that is? So it's not decentralized. It's run by an actual organization. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where the servers are, how that works, if you can run your own server. But it's sounding you know, like the decentralized organization is making decisions about that. I presume, again, not being involved in it, uh, don't know 100%. But if you're involved, would love to hear about it. It does sound like it's like Decentraland isn't going to actually be decentralized, which makes more sense to me as a concept although I wouldn't necessarily want to participate in it. The idea of a bunch of decentralized virtual realities, I find a little bit more appealing than one run by a decentralized autonomous organization, whatever that means. Hmm. So this company, Tokens.com, is looking to develop properties on the land that it bought in Decentraland's fashion district, which it wants to rent out to fashion companies as event and retail space. We can create something that's the equivalent of a rodeo drive, or Fifth Avenue, said the CEO. I don't think it's going to be as big as they're expecting it to be. To me, this whole thing feels a lot like NFTs. It's just... Well, they're oh, selling NFTs in Decentraland. You can walk around and buy them. Yes, but mm-hmm. the bubble is still going, is my feeling on NFTs and you know these virtual reality worlds. I, I think it's going to pop, and I suspect that this company, Tokens.com, or whoever it was that bought the $4.3 million worth mm-hmm. of digital land, is going to find that that land is absolutely worthless. Because for it to have value, you're going to have to have users who are interested in going to this world and shopping at these retail stores. And I just don't think it's going to reach that point. Not to justify a $4.3 million land sale. I think they're banking too much on the possibility that this is going to become mainstream. That Facebook is some, or Meta Platforms Incorporated is going to push this so heavily and so intently and the media is going to cooperate that eventually all the people in the United States or the Western world will be like, oh, I've just got to get in on this. It sounds so wonderful, but it doesn't. So Decentraland is uh, run on nodes. So there are multiple computers hosting Decentraland, which means it can't be shut down. 
uh, and is run organized through a decentralized autonomous organization. So I don't know, but I, I think those nodes are hosting the same plot of land. I don't think, I think that so. they have different ones. 603-283-6160. If you know more about this, give us a call and clear the air. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and as always, you're welcome to join us. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Weigh in on what we've been discussing, which is the metaverse, or change the subject, talk about whatever's important to you. That's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And I have no idea why Jack Dorsey has stepped down as the CEO of Twitter. From what I could tell, it seems to be because Twitter was losing value as a stock or something like that. I don't know. Until eight days ago, I wasn't even legally allowed to use Twitter, so I haven't been very active on the platform. But even back when I was, I didn't really care about its CEO and what its CEO was doing, other than the fact that Jack Dorsey is also a huge crypto well he's at least a bitcoin fan yeah i don't know if he's a maximalist or not but he also created square which owns cash app and is relatively friendly to cryptocurrency that much is true they will allow you to at least buy bitcoin there and actually withdraw it to a private wallet versus paypal which won't let you do any of that stuff correct not yet at least paypal claims they have a plan to allow that but it hasn't happened yet as of the last time we discussed this a couple weeks ago So Twitter has a new CEO, and conservatives are upset. We're going to talk about that, but before we do, let's go to the phones. We have Christopher calling from here in New Hampshire. Christopher, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I'm glad to be on with you guys tonight. It's uh, it's good to see you on the air. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to just comment on that metaverse uh, uh, thing that, uh, you know, my wife and I were listening to uh, Allcoin Daily and, and how they were describing it and all. And as much as, you know, it, it does, the concepts appeal to me as far as technology or, or you know, where things are going, because we're, we're very interested in the cryptocurrency space and, and all that. And, and, and when I listen to all of the things that are coming through the, the cryptocurrency space, it's, it's overwhelming. It's hard to keep a, a, your finger on what, it. Yeah, there's so much. Oh, yeah. And so, but when I think about this, you know, from the virtual, I remember when I first got online, do you remember the, the website or whatever it was like uh, ICQ and they had all these chat rooms and stuff sure. like that? 
I remember that was just interesting to engage with people that I didn't know and all that stuff, just, just in the texting in the chat room. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, it was all very, very new, long before Facebook. But when I think about this, you know, with, with all of the digital, the 3D and all that stuff, you know, um, someone who's got their 3D uh, uh, headsets on, and I've never used one before, but, and, and, and to be able to go places and into rooms and different things and venues, this absolutely could be entertainment center for, you know, uh, a 3D uh, venture. And then, of course, all these people with money, you know, whether they are buying NFTs or whether they even are buying their own merchandise, instead of looking in a magazine or going to a website, you would be in your 3D experience going into their venue and, mm. uh, you know, and, and, and shopping, if you will, right then. I, I could see people doing this big time. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely a market for this. Uh, Aria and I... We're probably not the target market. We like to go out and do things in in real life, but there are yeah. a lot of people who they live virtual lives, and you know whether we like that or not, that's the reality. That's the way things uh, seem to be going. And by the way, I did just find a story here, Aria and Chris. You might be interested to know uh, the story here is the VRSoldier.com three awesome things to do in Decentraland's metaverse. So I guess there is a little bit more that you can do than just walk around and go shopping or have a chat. Uh, apparently, there's somewhere where you can go to play mini golf. Uh, I don't know if I would describe that as awesome, but it's a thing. And uh, you can visit a casino, which you mentioned uh, earlier. And then finally, there is the Wonder Mine Crafting Game. allows players to mine meteors in exchange for rare gems and loot. Players get 100 free coins per day and can start mining right away. And then they can craft wearables from mining these gemstones, etc., etc. So there's apparently there's some way to program, you know, a thing to do in Decentraland that's not just walking around and, and having a chat. Well, did I, did I hear that, that um, there were people, stars or whatever, that were doing live concerts to where, you mm-hmm. know, if, if they schedule a live concert, then you'd be in this venue with the people who paid for that concert. And so you'd be able, I mean, of course, it's not live. I mean, it's live on some level. But the, but the thing about it is, is that, you know, um, it would be unique to that particular venue. I could see that. Of course, yes. the problem I have with that is, is that I went to the live Bruno Mars concert in Boston, and I refused to look at that stupid monitor the big ass, uh, you know, Megatron. Mm-hmm. You know, while I'm paying two hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket right. you know, to see the guy who's only about an inch high. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, uh, that's what you're going to encounter when you go to any of these uh, major artists. So I mean, unless you want to, unless you pay big money for the front row seats, yeah, or, or push lower it, section. your way to the front at you know a festival type show and possibly end up getting trampled like happened in. <laughs> Texas recently. I mean, that's just the nature of a super artist, right? But Chris is right that they're they're going to probably have exclusive deals. I mean, with the millions and millions of dollars worth of crypto that are being spent to buy and sell property, you know, digital property in these uh, decentralized lands, you know somebody's going to hire, you know, Rihanna or whoever to come in there at some point and uh, Kanye West or whoever uh, to, you know, have some sort of exclusive concert. And that's going to draw new that's going to draw people in. Right. Like there are going to be people who will sign up because that's the only place they can go and see an exclusive deal like that. I agree. I agree. Even well, though anyway, I just wanted to make yeah. those comments. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank hey, you. Thank even, you for, oh, you even, still had something else you wanted to add. Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, oh he's no. gone. Even though it wouldn't attract you or I, Aria, like, you know, because for us, having a concert in a virtual reality situation just is going to remove any, like, excitement. It's going to remove the, the yeah, it feeling. It's going to remove the, you know, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? When you're on that stage as a performer, there's that feedback that you get from having a real audience present, yeah. right? There's an energy, I guess. It's, you can't really describe it, right? Like it's, it's that live concert energy. And Absolutely. that doesn't exist in a virtual reality. It doesn't exist on a video stream. It doesn't. And I actually, a friend of mine bought tickets to one of these corn virtual concerts that they had, I don't know, I think mm. sometime in 2020 or something like that. And she always wanted to come over to my house and watch it on the projector screen with the sound system and all that. And I have access to do that, but I just can't be bothered to because yeah. I've seen Corn Live and this I know it. I know that it's not going to be whatever this is, right? <laughs> There's no mosh pit. So I'm like I could just stream Corn from mm-hmm. Spotify, not even you know them performing a live show or anything like that and get pretty much exactly the same experience. Mm-hmm. Because you're not there. There's the only reason it could be different is because corn I learned is full of surprises and they will just randomly change songs and start playing a completely different song halfway mm. through and you have never have any idea what they're going to do next. So for that reason, it could be worth viewing, but not really because it's it's just not the same as being there, seeing them do it, being surprised by it, feeling their energy and I mean, who wants back to your own energy. Who wants to wear that concert t shirt? The you know? Corn Virtual Concert Yeah, I was at the Pandemic Concert. <laughs> no, that's not cool. It's not, man. But you know, Just ask lot- the comedians who actually tried to do virtual performances. I mean, you want to talk about a terrible idea. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Right. Because they, they feed off the audience You've got to have an audience. Do. Yeah, you've got to have the audience there laughing. Otherwise, every joke just feels just like it flat. bombs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe any comedians misunderstood what they're doing badly enough to get up there and do that. I think they were desperate to, I don't know, okay. get some, some money in or something. God, that sounds absolutely yeah. horrible. But I mean, a lot of people did. I don't know how many people attended the virtual dance that they had here in Keene at the uh, the theater here, the Colonial. But these things, they, they are somewhat popular. People do them. I mean, we have the caller from California whose friend's would rather hang out via Zoom than actually go out and grab a drink or a cup of coffee or whatever. These people do exist. Not so much yes, here in New do. Hampshire. Oh, thankfully. they exist here. They, they live in Portsmouth and Keene. They're the lefty, the lefty towns. You'll find those people around. I'm, I know they exist, but oh, yeah. not in the numbers here that they do in, like, Los Angeles. No, this isn't California. So we have that on our side that, you know, the bars are still open and people are still going out and actually having encounters with their friends. We're going to talk about Twitter when we get back and how conservatives are outraged over a decade-old tweet Uh from the new Twitter CEO, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say thank you to Scott, who was last night's amplifier. Scott is a gold-level amplifier, which means that Scott is giving 
$10 a month to the AMPS program. That's amps.freetalklive.com. That's the new support system for Free Talk Live. The AMP program had to be retired after there were issues with the website and issues with the credit card processor. So now we're just on Patreon. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. It doesn't take $10 month, ten a month to join. It takes just 5 bucks a month. That gets you in. And you get an AMP-only version of the podcast, and there's an AMP-only chat in the Matrix server, and some other cool little stuff like that. But the reason you should join is because you want to help Free Talk Live advertise, market, promote, and be supported, because that's what the AMPS program is for. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Scott, thank you so much. I love it when conservatives do the very same thing that they're constantly criticizing liberals for. Oh, what do they do now? Well, you got to think. The new CEO of Twitter... They, conservatives found a tweet from him that's mm-hmm. 11 years old, and they started just frothing at the mouth about it, raging all over Twitter about this tweet. Meanwhile, th- this is the same group that criticizes the left for digging up, you know, oh, this person wore blackface or whatever 10 years ago, or mm-hmm. they tweeted this 10 years ago, and they cancel culture. So it's conservatives essentially trying to take part in cancel culture. And mm. they do this. Just hours after the Twitter founder and former CEO Jack Dorsey announced his resignation from the company, which means there's already new drama surrounding his new CEO, Parag Agrawal, and an old post he made on the platform. Well, you knew that was going to happen. I mean, social media is all about drama. That's really all. I mean, that's not all it is, but there's a lot of that on these platforms. But all they managed to do here was to like dig up an 11-year-old tweet from this guy. That, well, I mean, it's still... Uh, and I mean, it's not even that objectionable. What is it? What, I think I've seen what you're talking about because it was being spread around quite a bit. The do you want to read it? Yes, it is. If they are not going to make a distinction between Muslims and extremists, then why should I distinguish between white people and racists? Which is a quote from The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. That had been airing at the time. It was from October of 2010. So someone went through this guy's news feed for at least 11 years to find something that upset them. Mm. That's dedication to being offended, if I've ever heard sure. it. Yeah. This 11-year-old tweet is currently making the rounds in right-wing Twitter circles. Conservative users on the platform are expressing outrage over the tweet saying... The new Twitter CEO is racist. Why am I not surprised? Hmm. They say things are going to get worse now that Jack is gone. I don't think anything will change. It already sucks on Twitter. They are one of the least heavy-handed of the social media platforms. Are they? I mean, I've seen uh, libertarians getting banned off of there every week for the last several weeks. I haven't been as active on there, so maybe Mm -hmm. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, you know, prominent podcaster types have been just having their accounts wiped out with tens of thousands of uh, followers on their accounts that's pretty much all there is to this story there's not much more to get into it just gives some further background information about the the clip Mm -hmm. that he was quoting but it's not terribly important i mean well is he a racist has he addressed this did he come out and say hey you know that you said this was a clip from or it was a quote from the daily show um, you know, so he's saying if they won't discriminate between Muslims and extremists, why should I discriminate between white people and what was it? Racist. KKK. Oh, I mean, he's racist. clearly making a, a an obvious point, right? 
not every Muslim is an extremist. Correct. And not every white person is a racist. Yes. To me, that's not a racist thing to say. I can see how someone would. I can see how someone would look at that and think differently, though. I I could if they don't see a difference between Muslims and extremists. Because because yeah, and and I see what you're saying there, but you could overlook that and you could say, oh well, this guy, you know, he's just looking for an excuse to be racist towards white people. I mean, I I get where where you're coming from, and I think you're right about your analysis of it, but. It's kind of subtle. Like, I think that the point that he's making is it's not like in your face. It doesn't clearly state what his beliefs are necessarily. And so it would be easy to misinterpret that and say, oh, this guy is using the fact that some people suck at determining the difference between Muslims and extremists to justify him being the same. Like, also not determining the difference between every white person and racist white people. He even put the thing in quotes. It's I'm hard seeing, to say though. that, but that's. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. He even put it in quotes, though. I, I don't know about most people, but when I see a tweet with quotes on both ends of it, quotation marks on both ends of it, I tend to think, okay, this person is quoting something, and that's sure. why they put the quotation marks there. Right. But a lot of times, if you quote a thing, you might be agreeing with that thing. It wouldn't be un, unreasonable to, sure. to presume that the person agrees with that sentiment. As far as I can tell... But whether that means he's racist or not, I think is a jump. I think it's a jump to suggest that he is a racist from, from saying that. As far as I can tell, uh, he hasn't responded. But yeah, I, I agree. That tweet in and of itself... And this is all they could find Well, in he's definitely years. trying to tweak the people who can't tell the difference between a Muslim and an extremist, right? Like, well, at sure, the very racists. least, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Uh, well, well, they may not be racist. They're probably just bigots in okay, that yeah, case. true. Because it's not but, a matter of race. Correct. Correct. Um, and the fact is, Twitter is definitely a leftist playground. And, All social media is. Well, I mean, except, except like Gab. Gab. Right. And, Which is still going, surprisingly. Yeah. And the, and the sad part is, you know, whether it be conservatives, and I saw libertarians quoting this thing, too, today, by the way. I'm not um, surprised. I mean, there's a lot of libertarians out there who are who are just so close to being conservatives. I think they just want to point out that this is a leftist probably likely leftist individual who's who's taking the reins at twitter and that's all i think that's kind of the point of of sharing this around it's like oh well this guy isn't an improvement and if what anything they think it'll the get CEO worse is going to do do they think he's going to hand down these are the these are the rules that all twitter users must follow probably from now not on. because what the ceo's job is is to to put into play what the board of directors want as i understand it i'm you know not an expert on these matters but i think the ceo is essentially an executive director uh, and that's what they you know whatever the board says goes yeah they basically just enact the will of the board that's my understanding it, that's my understanding so as well. You're not going to see a big change uh, overnight. I mean, Twitter is is a place that is highly controlled as far as what you can say. It's no problem if you're a government person talking about, you know, killing and murdering, which what is what governments do. But yeah. if you, you know, talk about being violent towards anybody as a, you know, somebody who's not a leftist, then you get banned. 
Not, not that I support violence. I don't think that's the solution. But clearly, they have no consistency when it comes to enforcing their rules. Well, from their point of view, what the, the government's violence doesn't count as violence right. for whatever reason. Because, well, because they take part in that religion that excuses it, saying, no, this, Correct. Is, this is totally different. It's wrong for one human to kill another. It's totally different when God kills a bunch of humans. That's right. not murder. Yeah, if you say Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent, you get banned from Twitter. Really? There have been people, people who've been banned for that uh, recently. After the after the court ruling, after the jury came back, I don't expect Twitter to get worse, but I also don't expect it to get better. But now if your Jack Dorsey is gone, if you're a dictator, you get to have an account. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It's free talk live. Intercoin and how it can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Well, Intercoin is officially available on two exchanges. It's on Uniswap and it's on xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com where you can sign up with just an email address, which means you can actually keep your privacy intact. And you can deposit dozens of cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, and trade them for Tether and then use those to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin investor token. Learn more about the Intercoin vision and get links to these at intercoin.org. That's I-N-T-E-R-Coin.org. And you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Let's go to the phones. We have Richard calling from New Mexico. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you with us? Hello, Richard. Yes, thank you for taking my call. If people around the United States haven't heard of New Mexico humor, this this has got to be a topper. We have a town in New Mexico named Lovington, and their police chief is facing charges for impersonating a police officer. Huh? He was in, a, he was, he was in another town when he watched a person in a vehicle run a stoplight a stop sign, so he pulled the vehicle over and attempted to arrest the driver. The driver told the police chief he was out of his jurisdiction, and the guy got tasered by the police chief, and now... I see how this could happen. Wow. I mean, things are different, I think, here in New Hampshire, but in a lot of states, jurisdiction is kind of important, and a cop from the city of... Memphis, Tennessee, can't just go pull someone over in Nashville, Tennessee. So, I mean, that's surprising to hear, and I'm not upset to hear it. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Richard. There was some weird background noise, so we're going to cut it there. KRQE reporting out of Carlsbad that New Mexico police chief Frank Methola, talk about a bad last name, Methola. <laughs> Uh, was in Carlsbad when he made a stop and has been charged with impersonating a police officer because, as Richard said, he was trying to arrest somebody in a town where he didn't work. So is it just the fact that he tased him that he's getting in trouble? Because I've been pulled over by a cop that admitted to me that he didn't have the jurisdiction to pull me over. I suspect it's going to be worse than that. I mean, you probably could have, you know, filed a complaint or something like that and gotten Mm. it taken care of. Yeah, so what did you do about it? 
Nothing. I was just, I didn't know I could do anything. He said, did what he you did. You? Uh, no, he said, what you did was so bad. I had to pull you over because I'm in mm. a cop car and people around would have uh, wondered why I didn't pull you over. I'm from, uh, I'm not okay. from here, but uh, so I can't take it you, but I, I had to pull you over and he just looked I'm so mad. I'm surprised he admitted that. He said I, that was the worst driving he's ever seen in Tuella, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I, I, I don't think it's right, but I can see why that cop would pull you over just to keep people from like, why didn't that cop do anything about that? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know what you allegedly did, but I mean, that's at least not trying to actually arrest someone or tase someone like this cop here did. Uh, speaking of weird police chief stories, I mean, my favorite is always going to be the town here in New Hampshire. I don't remember the town exactly, but they, they just fired their police chief. And he ended up like walking home in just his this boots is old news. or something this like that. This happened like two years ago. It's still my yeah. favorite story. It is though. a good story because I mean, as far as police chiefs go, police chiefs go, you know, firing yours and then having them walk home in you know twelve degree weather in the snow. Yeah, naked. He was in his underwear, underwear. and I think boots, maybe. Yeah, you know that was him. That was him being stupid. Oh, he wanted to do that. They okay. didn't say give us your <laughs> give us your clothes or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, he chose to like I better leave my clothes and you walk out. Um, so uh, just a little bit more here about this story because this is pretty crazy. So this guy, uh, Chief Methola, tried to pull over a white pickup truck or did after the driver came, failed to come to a full stop. So that was what he thought was so important. To taste wow. this person, he not was, coming to a complete stop. Yeah, that he was going to work out of his jurisdiction to stop somebody from a rolling stop, basically. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that he knew the guy and recognized him and just wanted to do this. Could be. The, uh, comp- a criminal complaint against him says he followed the vehicle until he came to a stop at uh, whatever location. He was in full uniform, displayed his loving police badge. Apparently that's where he's from. Loving, okay. North New Mexico. The driver of the truck started to yell at Mathola, stating he didn't have any jurisdiction or authority to pull him over. And then nice. he tased he knows his him. Rights. He then tased him, placed him in handcuffs, and detained him, but never arrested or cited him. So why isn't he being charged with kidnapping as well and false imprisonment? Great question. Because he's one of them. Yeah, but he broke many, many laws sure. here. Yeah. I bet he did know this guy. That's just what it sounds like. This other guy said, you don't have jurisdiction. How did he know he didn't have jurisdiction? Well, the guy had the town that he's from. Oh. And if you're in one of these states where jurisdiction in counties and towns actually matters, it would be good to know that you're in one of those places. Further, uh, this isn't the first time that Mr. Mathola has been charged. When he was a deputy in Valencia County, he totaled two cars, apparently, in 2009 and 2010. Now, hmm, that makes me wonder if he's drinking on the job, you know? Totaling two cars seems unusual, yeah. I mean, just about everyone totals at least one car at some point in their life. I've never done that. I I never have either, but... I wouldn't say everyone uh, does that. Well, I have, so one out of three. Uh, The deputy is on suspension for a prior incident, but like I said, it's under internal affairs investigation. In addition to actually investigating the crash from state police at the time, he pled no contest and uh, did not operate his lights or sirens when he hit another vehicle and had to apologize to the other drivers. So is this punishment. thing that he did now, the being brought up on charges, is that being conducted by internal affairs? Because that doesn't sound like an Probably. internal affair. I mean, he was outside of his jurisdiction in a completely different town or county. Could be, yeah. Uh, maybe it's the local uh, cops that are charging him. In this case, the Eddie County District Attorney has charged him with impersonating a police officer and battery. So he is getting charged with, at the very least, 
the attacking of this man. He should also be charged with, you know, aggravated kidnapping. I would suggest, I mean, if you're angry enough at someone to tase them, I think aggravated fits your actions as a descriptor. So aggravated kidnapping, false imprisonment, aggravated assault, Question battery. Is, is he going to lose his job? Officer. Is he going to actually no longer be a cop if he's found guilty of this? Well, you... I mean, there's no I doubt would, he did it, right? I like, would fire him, right? Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't want someone who can't... Drive. Well, clearly, he can't drive, or he at least at one point had a drinking and driving problem. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want someone who is going to abuse power employed by me with power to abuse. Mm-hmm. And I realize most police chiefs don't Describes operate that way. A lot of them. but And he is the police chief, right? Yes. So yes. Chief Methola. Can he be fired, or is that elected there mm, i don't know that's a good question have you guys heard southern people say crapola <laughs> not, not like regularly but i've i've heard it before it's but. something i've heard as like from southern people as like a replacement for a cuss word and that's all i hear when you're saying mm. methola it's like meth instead of crap yes methola is definitely not the sort of name <laughs> you would expect a no. cop to have like <laughs> change, change your, your last name, yeah. name dude maybe that's why he crashed the cars I mean, it is New Mexico. Could be smoking meth while driving. Maybe that's just his street name, and he just adopted it as his last name when he became a cop. <laughs> Could be wild story. Thanks, Richard, for uh, sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable to think that this guy actually thought he could do this and get away with it. it sounds like he's just completely unhinged, mm-hmm. Ta- tasing this person in a jurisdiction that wasn't his when he had to have known that he didn't have jurisdiction to arrest this person. Otherwise. He would have called it in as an arrest. It By the way, Loving is also in Eddy County. So it's in the same county. Uh, so the county attorney is charging him. And Loving has a population of 1,241 as of 2019. So this is a small town police chief. On a major power trip. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to know the population of the town that he pulled this guy over in? Mm-hmm. And then tased him because the guy had the audacity to point out, dude, this isn't your, your, your jurisdiction. I imagine it's more because I've actually heard of Carlsbad before. Uh, yeah, 29,000. Cop on a power trip. Nothing new in that particular story. But thank you, Richard, for the for the information because I wouldn't have heard about it otherwise. Loving is the town directly southeast of Carlsbad, so it's right next door. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us. That's 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. of the day. Bonnie, you've actually been compiling this list of quotes made by former co-hosts and hopefully one day will be again co-host Nobody, also known as Rich Paul, who isn't allowed to make public statements, basically. Yeah. So you've been going through some old videos and stuff that contained him and you've been finding out, finding things worth quoting. And one of those is nobody knows how to live your life better than you. And nobody deserves that kind of power. This is this is a really good sentiment, and I love it. I think it got a little bit confusing <laughs> when he changed his name to nobody and ran as a person. Because like I, it, it totally means nobody in the sense of no one. But when your name <laughs> is nobody, it's like, I deserve that kind of power. That's part of the fun. Yeah, but I think I that's know, funny. <laughs> it, it's confused messaging, It's supposed I think. to be. 
It's supposed to I'm be aware. confusing. He's always, I think you'd, like, if you just read it, maybe it could be confusing and you didn't know him. But whenever you see him saying it and quoting it, he always laughs and he's, like, smiling. So it's less confusing. Yeah, I mean, you could tell he's not, like, being serious. <laughs> right. It's hilarious, though. It is hilarious. I'm not <laughs> knocking it. I'm just saying it's also confused messaging. Yes, right? there's usually more than one way that you can interpret it. The, the whole point is politicians are du- constantly speaking in doublespeak, right? So, like, they say one thing, but they sure. mean another. And, and the things he says says literally can mean more than one thing so it's part of the the whole theater of it it's worth mentioning this is his slogan when he runs for a governor correct yeah and i hope he does again by the way i hope i hope that he'll can run he? yes he has not been convicted no, uh, i mean how how can you run for public office without making any sort of public statement Ooh, hmm. yeah that's interesting that'd make an interesting and, uh case that, and how could that not be protected speech for, yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say that should be part of why he should be All allowed the more reason why he should do it <laughs> yeah i think that he should run as a democrat this time though me too i don't know when the republican convention thing is i'm going to mm-hmm. attend that and then change my registration to democrat i think it would be more amusing to have him run as a democrat as well yeah so Plus, because Sununu is running, running again, it mm, would be dumb yeah. to take on Sununu again when the media completely ignored all of the competitors to Sununu last time around. And for the Democrats, it's an open open field. So, Excellent point. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. We have Sarah calling from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, you're muted. Um, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Am I on now? You are. I, I just got I just got off the speakerphone. Go right ahead. So, yes, I I am also, again, from this dumb state, as we know, at the uh, lowest education uh, standards and the uh, lowest school test scores. And and so... Is that true? This, oh, yeah. yeah you that, have yeah. to pull it up Being in the Texas. statistics. Yeah, the That's Mexico, impressive, because low- I thought Mississippi had the lowest scores across the board on everything so Mm -hmm. to hear that there's another state that has anything that's actually worse than mississippi is kind of kind of impressive Mm -hmm. not not from a standpoint of wow we're just uh neck and neck always it's either mississippi louisiana or new new mexico we just trade the top three we're number one sometimes number three like that so but anyways i just want to bring up this smoke ordinance that we have on the hospital properties so Veterans Hospital, VA, the um, uh, Presbyterian Hospital, Loveless Hospital, the outdoors, they have all these no smoking signs. Mm-hmm. And supposedly we passed all of these ordinances and nobody knows it's against the law to smoke on hospital property because everybody does it. And do they not have signs posted? Well, I'm, they do have signs posted and there's a smoker on each sign smoking or asking for a lighter um, and nobody cares. Um, okay, so they so, do know. They just don't care. Yeah, because it, it's um, the security never enforces it, and then they they don't really have. Um, it's probably because like the security those, doesn't want to arrest the nurses. I mean, I've seen so many nurses outside of hospitals. Not that I spend a lot of time at hospitals, but it's not uncommon. You, you know, you go to a hospital, there's a good chance some nurse is standing outside puffing away on a cigarette. And where are they supposed to go? If not outside. And they have stressful jobs. Yeah. Where are they supposed to go, well, Sarah? 
Well, but the thing is, uh, they're supposed to smoke outside of the property. They just stand 25. So they have to walk all the way to the edge of the property to smoke cigarette? It's still outdoors. Like the government, I mean, the. Yeah, but smoke clearly follows the private property bounds, right? The smoke would never have the audacity to drift onto hospital property. Sarah, how many times have you walked by nurses at a hospital smoking a cigarette and had them blow it straight in your face? too much of that but i've seen okay well, then who cares maybe that's why no one's messing with them you know it would be one thing if somebody was i know you spend a lot of time you know on foot riding the county bus or whatever it'd be one thing if you're sitting at a bus uh station and somebody lights up next to you and blows it straight in your face i could understand why that would be upsetting to you but if somebody's just standing out outside- yeah but that's the whole attitude is that then why do you pass a law that's banned from the outdoor properties of the hospital? Why do they have an ordinance? Why would they do that? It is living? outdoors after all. Signaling. They're just signaling. Oh, we care about cigarettes. Health. Yeah, mm-hmm. we care about health, blah, blah, blah. On the subject of people but, lighting uh, up on buses and blowing smoke in your faces, I've never heard a non-smoker complain about a smoker you know, just directly blowing smoke in their face. But I don't know any smoker who hasn't had a non-smoker approach them and, and cough get in their face. directly in their face at some really? point. Really? Just cough in their face? Yes. But, but here's the thing. Is Non-s- non-smokers, man, they are obnoxious. Wow. Well, the thing about it is that if you're a non-smoker um, and then you're outside trying to have a lunch, and, I'm, and I, I sit there, five minutes later, there's a smoker that bothers me. I move to another spot. Five minutes later, somebody smokes next to you. I move to another spot. Where are you eating? You know what I mean? And there's Why are no you having your meal on the hospital property? Well, no, no, no. Where are you eating? Well, I was, I was at the... Uh, Unum Hospital property oh, on the hospital. outside. It was a really nice day, and the smokers thought it was a really nice day to have a smoke outside too. Also, but they bothered mm-hmm. me. There's no place for me to go. There's no place for them the to go, Sarah. Me. There's no place for them so, to go. They can't go inside. inside. They can't property. go inside to eat, Sarah. Where are you? I mean, are you just at picnic tables, and they're at the picnic table next to you, and the wind's blowing in your direction? What are we talking about here? Well, you know, I finally found some three benches with a big, giant, no-smoking signs. I sat in, under that, and there was a lady on oxygen smoking and another guy asking for a lighter. I mean, I was just tortured my, <laughs> my whole time. I cannot enjoy a nice day without these smokers mm. torturing it when it's supposed to be no-smoking on property. So are you going to have Why are you at the hospital the in the first place? I'm going to go back to Aria's question because I presume you were just like in a park or something. So why are you you know, well, eating lunch at the I, hospital? I like their little, um, I, they have, um, you know, the, they have their little uh, spuds, baked potatoes, and you could oh, so you go there to eat. stuff there and, and, you know, and you, they have a nice courtyard. So, so you I, go I, to I the just, hospital for, mm-hmm. for lunch or for dinner or whatever you're, you're eating at the hospital. Yeah, lunch okay. and to because I like it was a nice day and I like mm-hmm. to sometimes they have musicians uh, entertaining at the hospitals and and it's a really maybe nice you should lobby. just go and walk away from the table area and go sit under a tree or something like that. Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, there's so it's a law that they pass that there's no okay. We at get it, Sarah. Yeah, property. but the, the law, the, the law, the law. The law doesn't seem to matter. So let's quit referencing the law. I will agree with you. As someone who still act, who still smokes, if mm-hmm. I see someone sitting there having a meal in a park, I'm not going to go up to them smoking. I'm going to stay a good distance from them. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what most smokers well, would do. Well, that's a courteous thing to do, but obviously these people aren't being courteous. Are it sounds they, like they're Because but, the way she described it, she approached this table that already had smokers at it. No, she no, did say I, that about I the oxygen lady. Where there's nobody, nobody smoking, and the next thing you know, there was a smoker that smoked next to me. But what I mean is... Um, have I you said anything lawyer. to them? Like, hey, don't blow... On the show? Huh? Because I want some lawyer, because we're, we're fed up with it. We're, me and my friends, we're going to sue the hospital, the city, everybody, because they never enforce this show. I mean, the, No, you're the not. There's no damages. You the other thing is, what if these people can't leave the hospital because they're being hospitalized, but they're smokers, so they have to go on the property and smoke, but you could eat anywhere and you're just choosing to eat at this hospital, I don't you, think that you would win that case. I, I, I want, if, I, if a lawyer is listening to me, they could mm-hmm. contact me. I'll announce my phone number. They could contact me because I, I want don't to know if you I would, want to do that. I would if highly recommend against that, Sarah. No, but we're fed up with it. All the non-smokers, we're backed up to the corner. We're getting, we're tired of it. Well, good luck, don't Sarah. I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm not a lawyer. I can't give legal advice, but I'm going to say you have no standing in this particular case because you have no damage. There's no one who's damaged you in any sort of identifiable way besides your feelings have been hurt. I mean, I get it. You know, smoke is unpleasant, sure, and it's rude of someone to approach someone who's just having a meal and smoke in front of them, but... Yeah, I, I don't see this as being about a worth fighting. And you say that, you know, non-smokers are sick of smokers, whatever. Smoking is historically low. It's it's dying, and in just a few generations, there will be almost no cigarette smokers. So you sort of already won, Sarah. Just sit back and enjoy it. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where, as always, you can bring up whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. It's Ian. And coming up, uh, if time allows, we have a story about Jack Dorsey's next project. Now that he's leaving Twitter, he wants to open up a decentralized currency exchange. And, Bonnie, you have a story that I've really been wanting to get into about cats being psychopaths or something like that but something it seems just you mean crazy pussy oh my goodness when when you put it that way it's obvious (laughs) (laughs) but ian you just found something online that uh sounds like it's just now breaking or something pretty fresh this is pretty fresh and it's it's more fun to get into than you know jack dorsey's next plan to create a decentralized currency exchange or whatever Quote, unquote. Yeah. It's hard to create something single-handedly and have it be decentralized. And whether that single-handedly is just a company or an entity or an individual, that individual has controlling power of it. They could decentralize it later, but that's uncentralization, not decentralization. Yeah. So uh, there's no perfect you know, messaging app out there as far as everything is... There's always a problem with you know with software, right? But some of them are a lot more secure than others. Uh, I like that you say that. When I was like you know a teenager in that rebellious phase, I was really reading a lot of books on Wicca and stuff like that. And one of the things I read in one of these books has stuck with me through my entire life. Never say anything you don't want the world to hear. Mm-hmm. Never put anything in writing you don't want the world to read. Especially the mm-hmm. FBI. If they're uh, investigating you and you are using... Software like iMessage or I've never heard of Threema or Viber, 
I've heard of uh, WeChat and Line. Those are more popular with Asians. WeChat then- is controlled directly by the Chinese government. I, I would just assume that anything said there was being monitored it, monitored by the Chinese government and shared with whatever authorities were relevant. And, of course, WhatsApp as well, which is the Facebook-owned quote-unquote encrypted messenger. And if you've been trusting Facebook I for your encryption, you're a fool. I cannot believe that WhatsApp is actually end-to-end encrypted. Well, they claim that it is. According to the FBI, this is a document. It's just a little one-pager that somebody leaked out. Now, it is says at the top it is unclassified, but it's obviously being handed around Uh, It says unclassified slash law enforcement sensitive, so it's been handed around to uh, police. But somebody uh, sent it out there, and the story here, it's not a story, but Rolling Stone wrote a story about it, but they didn't address all of the different chat services in there. They only really mentioned Signal and Wicker. They didn't talk about Telegram, which is on here. Uh, And so uh, somebody, it was actually Naomi Naomi Brockwell is how I found this on Twitter. She was citing this as proof that Signal was the most secure of all the apps. And I don't know. If you look at this list here, this chart, it looks like the FBI is saying Telegram might be a little bit more secure than Signal. But either way, let me let me tell you a little bit about this. So, but both, uh, it suggests, are secure. Relatively Much more secure. so than compared to their competition. Yeah. Correct. Uh, and then Wicker is not as secure as Signal and Telegram, but probably the third place iMessage is probably one of the least secure, I would imagine. Yeah, iMessage turns it all over. So what they have here in this is a list of like point-by-point bullet points underneath. So it's a sort of wide format, uh, landscape format, where you've got columns for each of the different messengers with bullet points and then icons underneath. And each icon corresponds to the kind of information that this particular company will turn over to the FBI with a warrant. Uh, so iMessage, for instance, will turn over, let's see, of these of the eight icons, uh, seven of the eight. And so it'll turn over subscriber data. It'll turn over an entire device backup. Uh, the, uh, of course, IP, IP address isn't there. And message sender receiver data, date and time information, registration, time data, and user contacts. So basically the whole shebang with, uh, with iMessage. Uh, with uh, with WhatsApp, you're going to get five. The FBI is going to get five out of the eight. And they can they'll turn over some message content. So apparently, it is limited uh, in the message content that it will turn over. And there's like a little asterisk next to that, but I don't see the asterisk being described here as far as what that means. I think the Rolling Stone article actually gets into exactly you know what supposedly they can get out of that. Um, but uh, WhatsApp will turn over basic subscriber records. They can uh, get information like blocked users, search warrant provides address book contacts, What uh, and WhatsApp users who have their target in their address book contacts. Pen register sent every 15 minutes provides source and destination for each message. Oh, here's the asterisk. If target is using an iPhone and iCloud backups are enabled, iCloud returns may contain WhatsApp data to include message content. So it sounds like if you're on WhatsApp on an Android, you might actually be more safe than if you are using uh, WhatsApp on an iPhone. But either way, they can get a lot of information, including when you're sending messages and to whom you're sending messages on WhatsApp, even if they can't get the actual text of those messages from WhatsApp. That's still not information the FBI should be able to get. Indeed. Whereas, if you look at Signal, 
They cannot get message content. They can get date and time a user registered and the last date of a user's connectivity to the service from Signal. Telegram only has... Not, not a lot of very useful information not, to them no, Not a lot. Signal's it basically pretty... just tells them how long you've been using Signal and whether or not you still use it. Correct. Uh, so Signal only got, scored two out of the eight potential icons as far as information they can, they can give over to the FBI. Telegram only got one out of the eight icons. Telegram does not turn over, cannot turn over message content. And then there's, a, there's one more bullet point that's fairly lengthy. It says, no contact information provided for law enforcement to pursue a court order. <laughs> So there is no way for law enforcement to even send them a, send Telegram a subpoena. That sounds like Telegram, dude. Yeah. Uh, as per Telegram's privacy statement, for confirmed terrorist investigations, Telegram may, and they put may in italics, disclose IP address and phone number to relevant authorities. Hmm. So remember, Telegram is a centralized system and that's the biggest critique that people have the privacy advocates if chris were here for instance that would be his big critique of telegram is that's that the it, only real critique one can offer of it is that yeah. it, there is an organization there and it does have servers but the organization is run by a russian anarchist correct who isn't located in the united states and which, he's not located in russia either because they don't like him there right uh telegram also doesn't have any servers in russia as a nor in the this. united states right so i mean so they have no nexus. I'm confused though. If if they can't send a subpoena to anyone, why does it say they can send a subpoena if it has to do with terrorism? There's well, probably can't. an email address or something, but they can't serve it up officially. It sounds Correct. like hmm. they can just email him or email Telegram. Be like, hey, look, uh, this this is actually important. We think there may be a terrorist attack, and Telegram Tele- might go. Yeah. All right. Fine. Telegram here. has uh, been criticized in the past for taking down terrorist chat rooms. From their service. it's It's been the sort of the proof that, oh, see, Telegram centrally controlled. They can delete your chat room if they want to. Like, are these terrorists who are going to harm innocent people? Because that's generally what terrorists do. It's generally what they do. In yeah. which case, if I was an anarchist running a server, I would also attempt to delete that content. It's just the thing that, you know, the, the privacy advocates have set, set, you know, they pointed out like, hey, look, Telegram could do this if they wanted to. They do it to the terrorists, so they could do it to other people, but I've never heard that they do do it. First, they came for the terrorists. Yes. Yeah. First, they came for aggressors. You're you're having a hard time having me sympathize with that particular (laughs) argument. It's like, okay, if they're, you know, just shutting down channels or groups or whatever owned by people who are actively planning aggression against people. I kind of don't really have anything to object to there. But remember, this just means that the FBI can't get anything from Telegram specifically, meaning the company Telegram or Signal, the programmers behind Signal or whatever. They can't get them to turn the, the information over. However, if the FBI puts an informant into your chat room, then they have an entire log of everything that's been said since the informant went into your chat room. That's what I've been thinking. So remember, there's the human element is always the weakest link of systems like this. Well, if you're posting something in a group, I mean, you, you should always be aware that one of those people is possibly a federal agent. That's right. Even if you personally know them. Yes. As soon as your group is larger than two, there's a good chance you're being infiltrated. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in on this. Go Signal. Go Telegram. Mm -hmm. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You are invited to join us at 603-283-6160. 
With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Ian. And I'm definitely a cat person, right? I understand cats. I do also now have a golden retriever, and it's been a struggle trying to understand the dog versus understanding. Like, when my cats do something, I know why they're doing it. Hmm. When my dog does something, I don't really understand it. So I, I like cats. I understand cats. And most importantly, cats are really, really easy, which is perfect for my lifestyle. I can, other than the fact that my, these particular two cats that I have are extremely clingy <laughs> of me and codependent on me. I mean, they are. When, when I left for Kentucky for four days, they, they, were, they were mean to the people who were cat-sitting them for me. One of them spent the entire time just stress-eating. The other one was just a complete and total monster to them. Just absolutely me. Knocking stuff over, behaving totally unlike themselves, right? So they are definitely dependent on me. I'm like their emotional support animal as far as I can tell. But they are rescues, so you kind of expect that sort of thing from cats when you rescue them. But anyway... I'm a cat person, and you have the story about cats being psychopaths. Is that right? Yes, it's from not, independent. Not cat people, but cats themselves? <laughs> yes, cats themselves. It says all cats, because I was saying today, I don't know if it's all cats or most cats, but no, this says all cats have an element of psychopathy, according to new study. <laughs> and it's crazy because I've always said this, and I am also a cat person. When I first got a dog... It actually wasn't Coconut. It was a dog named Schnitzel. I, when I was first alone with him, I just didn't know if he was going to bite me. And he was never going to bite me or anything. I just didn't know how to read him either because I, I'm a cat person too. And I've uh, had cats my whole lives. But I've always known that they're crazy. Like I always say, imagine being in the mind of a cat. Like, look at him. He's so crazy. No, there's not a cat here. but I, I assumed you were using Coconut as a comparison. Because, I mean, he, <laughs> he's like a cat, right? Kind of is. <laughs> he, he's like a... A cat running in dog hardware, right? (laughs) Yeah, he is sometimes. But this article says, is your cat a psychopath? It might be a question that has crossed your mind several times before, depending on the behavioral habits. They're jerks, (laughs) but they're not generally psychopaths in my experience. So a psychopath would be someone who has no emotion, right? They cannot empathize. No, that's a sociopath. No, I thought it was a psychopath. A psychopath. A sociopath is similar to a psychopath. I will uh, agree that if I'm like injured or something, my cats won't know how to really read that. Hmm. But cats have been good emotional support animals. I, not getting into the idea of emotional support animals and whether or not I think it's a good idea or a bad idea, but they are known to be able to sit when people are upset and needing to be cuddled and stuff like that. So being able to empathize with someone and knowing, hey, this person needs needs me would be impossible for a psychopath to be able to do right yeah i feel like i've noticed that way more with dogs even than with like my favorite cats that i've been the closest with i'll be like i'm sad peanut butter do you know what's do you know that i'm sad and it just doesn't seem like they do but dogs it seems like like the day of the raid coconut was sad and he was sad the rest of the day and like cuddling me and stuff like that well dogs were bred to sort of coexist with humans Cats just sort of did it to themselves. It was so, I mean, we convenient sort of, for them. Yeah, we sort of bred dogs so that they would be what we wanted them to be versus cats, which 
did what cats do and just maintained their independence to a large degree. Did you get the definition? I do. Uh, according to VeryWellMind.com, psychopaths are classified as people with little or no conscience. Sociopaths, however, do have a limited, albeit weak, ability to feel empathy and remorse. Psychopaths can and do follow social conventions when it suits their needs. A sociopath is more likely to fly off the handle and react violently whenever they're confronted by the consequences of their actions. So So, there's a lot there that I'm trying to think of in terms of cats. So can you go back to the first one? Psychopaths are people who have little or no conscience. It depends on what they mean by that, right? Because... The, the house I live in now doesn't have any mice, but when I, when I first got there, it did. And they would ruthlessly torture and kill these mice. But they didn't know that they were harming the mice. They didn't recognize it as a living thing. They, to, to them, it was just a toy. Mm. So I don't, I don't know if the inability to recognize a living thing as being alive makes them psychopaths. I mean, I see how it could. You know, they feel nothing about the fact that they just accidentally broke this mouse's spine or mm-hmm. that they just ate this insect or whatever. But that's because... It's their nature. Yeah, to them, it's it's a toy and they're just playing with it. I just, I didn't know the definition of psychopath, obviously, because I thought it meant that they were crazy like demons. Like, I feel like they're just insane. That's all. Like, they might be able to be lucid for a while, like, oh, this is my friend, and then they'll attack you. Yes, cats do that. Some do. Some do. <laughs> Some do. Yeah. I mean, uh, belly rubs are uh, really risky with cats. Yeah. Mine are totally mm-hmm. fine with mm-hmm. it, but with other people, cats, it's like, ah, uh, no, I'm I'm going to avoid your cat's belly. Mm-hmm. They, 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 are their feet? Like, my cats don't like feet. They won't attack you for it, but they'll they'll pull their paw back. Mm-hmm. They're like, don't touch me there. Those are my toe beans, not yours. <laughs> so what was the second one? Well, there's actually a bullet po- uh, list of bullet points that compares here. So that was sort of the introductory, uh, introductory paragraph. And then there's some quick bullet points, the differences between sociopath and psychopath. So a sociopath makes it clear that they do not care how others feel. Whereas That, that a, sounds more like a, most cats. <laughs> a, a psychopath will pretend to care if, they, if it benefits them, right? Like they right. want to fit in. Uh, behave, a sociopath will behave in hot-headed and impulsive ways. A sociopath will be prone to fits of anger and rage. A sociopath will recognize what they are doing but rationalize their behavior. A sociopath will and cannot maintain a regular work and family life. And finally, the sociopath can form emotional attachments, but it is difficult. Whereas the psychopath, again, pretends to care, displays cold-hearted behavior, fails to recognize other people's distress, has relationships that are shallow and fake, maintains a normal life as a cover for criminal activity fails to form genuine emotional attachments, and may love people in their own way. So some subtle differences there between yeah. the psychopath and uh, the sociopath. I would say psychopath describes more politicians. Normally you describe normally politicians get the label sociopath, but based on that list, I think a, a politician is more of a psychopath than a uh, sociopath because they are Capable very of pretending to care and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, sounds like politicians some more like psychopaths and cats some more like sociopaths. So <laughs> see, I got the different impression. I, I didn't hear anything with a sociopath that really sounded like a cat. It's mm. like they they can love you in their own way, but they're that they don't really. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. If they can love you in their own way, that makes sense because there's some cats that like you always love but it just seems like they're always they're not reciprocating mean to you. yeah they're mm-hmm. not reciprocating but at the end of the day sometimes it seems like they don't mind you like they'll come sleep on your feet i've had so many cats in my life we've had 
so many cats have babies. We had 10 cats in our house at one time. Oh, my, oh my God. Goodness. In the house? Oh, well, they're like outdoor cats usually. Okay. Our cats are almost always outdoor cats. I told Ian if I had a cat, I'd want it to be outdoors. How do you feel about outdoor cats, Arya? It depends on the location. Mm-hmm. But not here. I they're, mean, here, here it's too cold. I wouldn't want to subject a cat to that. Yeah. But like, yeah. Plus, you would, got cars right next to your front door. I mean, right, right there on the highway. Oh, yeah. But I mean, in general, I mean, it's fine as long as the animal is going to be safe and not eaten by wolves or That's whatever. That's the thing. There's fisher cats around here. It'll gut them. There are here, yeah. yeah. But there aren't in, like, some places in Mississippi. It really just depends on where you're at. There's more coming up. I want to know why cats are psychopaths. It's Free Talk Live, where you can join us, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. It's Ian. Talking about cats here, one of my favorite subjects to what, I don't know, I don't really spend a lot of time talking about cats, but I like cats and I spend a lot of time with cats. Like, I I do a lot of work from home these days and perpetually there's usually one cat in my lap and one right in the chair right behind me just sitting there, just (laughs) relaxing. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're not bothering me. They're not in the way. They're just hanging out with me. Sure. Which is what I like about cats. They're very chill, very low-key animals. If I want to reach up and pet them, they're like, oh, this is my signal to jump in your lap and be annoying. But I brought that on myself by, you know, annoying them, I guess. Because <laughs> they're just trying to hang out, too. But cats do weird stuff like that. Like, they like participating in what humans are doing. And that's why they get on your laptop keyboard and stuff like that. Because they mm. see, this is what you're doing, so I should be doing it, too. <laughs> They're not trying to be in the way, and they're not trying to get an attention necessarily. They're just trying to participate in whatever it is you're trying to do, which can be annoying, but that's just what having a cat means. Do they like look at the screen and see anything move? Because with Coconut, if I'm looking at a screen, he thinks I'm just doing nothing, ignoring him, and he he hates it. They've seen... They know not to worry about the mouse cursor because, I mean, it's generally too small to really bother them in the first place. But, you know, some video game or something like that with an unusually large cursor, they're going to see that and they're going to focus on it and they're going to end up bad at it. Yeah, they're going to end up on the screen batting at it. So I've seen video of cats playing like there's specific games for tablets that you can have cats play. Wow. You should try it with yeah, your cats. That's exactly my thought as soon as I heard mm-hmm. that. But I mean, you don't even need a tablet, right? I could just use a phone for that. Hmm. Tablet gives them more room. Yeah. It's a larger screen. Like, so it's like, you know, grab the fishies kind of thing and make the fishies disappear when they touch <laughs> that kind of thing. That is awesome. Yeah. I, I'm not shocked now that I've thought about it that this exists, but mm-hmm. I'm shocked I've never heard about this. That's a great way to entertain your cats. They love laser pointers too. Sure. Oh, yeah. More than any anything <laughs> else, they love that laser pointer. But here, cat, here's your tablet. Go mm-hmm. play. That's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know what the games are called, but I'm sure you can find them. Yeah, cat game or something. Yeah. Well, no, that's just going to take you to something Games stupid. your cat can play. I would look for that Yeah, on tablets. Good suggestion. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to get someone to look into that for me. But we're talking now. Uh, Ian, you looked up the definitions of psychopath and sociopath because we were curious what the difference was between the two. And I heard nothing within the definition of sociopath that even could really apply to cats. But I could see some argument being made that cats, by human standards, are psychopaths. But I don't think it's fair to use human standards to determine whether or not a different species is a psychopath. But, Bonnie, 
you've got an article here that suggests that all cats have some signs of being psychopaths. Yes, this is from Yahoo. I guess it's Yahoo's mail. I mean, Yahoo's um, news called Independent. All cats have an element of psychopathy or psychopathy, according to new study. Says, you may have previously dismissed it, thinking surely it isn't possible for your adorable fluffy creature to possess psychopathic tendencies. Well, it turns out that it is. At least that's what a group of scientists from the University of Liverpool and Liverpool John Moores University have suggested in their latest research. How could how could someone have a cat and not know that? They're like you if you walk by your bed or the couch at the wrong time and they see your toes, they're going to reach out and smack them. Oh yeah. On Christmas Day last year, my grandma's cat just attacked my foot and got its nail stuck in my foot and I had to like Ouch. reach down there and get it out and it it just ran away all crazy. They they do have spurts of little and it's a nice demonic cat. behavior. Yeah. My cats tend not to do that. I, I never have to worry about my cats attacking my toes or anything mm. like that. But going into this, my cats are unusual for cats. I mean, mm-hmm. they I can set something down. They will not knock it off the table. They will not get all up in my face. They will not get on the keyboard. I mean, they know what their limits are. And <laughs> that's one of the things that I love most about these particular cats. Yeah. But most cats are like, no. There's your, oh, you think you can just walk by me without getting attacked? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a cat. Uh, I've had more than one cat at the in the past. And Mr. Ravage was the same way, where he wouldn't jump up on a keyboard or do the things that you described. But, you know, playing with him meant he would get the wide eye with the huge pupils <laughs> and go into crazy, you know, killer mode. And luckily he was declawed, so he couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> you didn't have him declawed. Uh, my girlfriend and I ultimately did make did make that choice and i understand the reasons against doing that um but in that particular case we made that choice i've never had a declawed cat i'd like to adopt one that was already declawed because then i wouldn't feel bad for doing it just because i want to have the experience of just holding a cat and it not attacking me indeed my cats don't attack me so i've never yeah. really i mean <laughs> they, they destroy select furniture but it's like if it's the chair that i sit in they will destroy it over time, mm-hmm. over the span of about a year or so. But if it's just some chair that's sitting there, they're going to ignore it. Oh, because they'll climb up into it to be with you? Well, no, I mean, they will, if I'm not sitting in there, they will just jump into the chair that I normally sit in and they will just, you know, scratch their claws on it. But hmm. it, yeah. it's a cat. I mean, it's like your smell is on it or something, something they like about it. I didn't know uh, much about the declawing procedure or whatever. And sure. it's supposedly not good or whatever for the for the cats. It's really mean. Supposedly pretty mean to them, to them. Our justification, of course, was pretty standard. Like, we didn't want the cat destroying the house, basically. Right. And it was going to be an indoor cat. It was not going to be an outdoor cat. So it would not be a sort of, you know, it wouldn't put it at a disadvantage uh, because it wasn't going to get out. And the few times he did get out, he just sort of wandered out on the porch and then came back in because he liked it, you know, in here. I, I mean, I've known, I've had cats through my entire life and I didn't know until like four or five years ago that declawing them was bad for them. Yeah. I've never had a cat declawed and I've never had a declawed cat, but if I had had, you know, the money to spend on it and the desire to protect my stuff, I'm like, yeah, vet, go ahead, declaw them. That sounds fine. Now, how is it bad for them exactly? It's a part of their actual bone, as I understand it. So mm-hmm. it's like cutting off the final digit of their toes mm-hmm. and it makes it difficult for them to walk. He didn't have any problems. That's good. Yeah. This he is was- just mean. Imagine getting your nails pulled out. Well, they, well, I'm sure it's quite uncomfortable, but I imagine they put them under during the uh, during the procedure. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be able it to did make it, to you why it's bad, but... It did make it quite fun to play with him because because he had no claws. Like, we could literally have, like, a little battle and he would swipe out all he wanted to and I didn't get, you know, <laughs> torn to hell, right? Because yeah. it really sucks to have a cat claw the hell out of you. Yeah, their nails are just way sharper than dog nails. Well, that's because they sharpen them on the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is luckily the only recipient of the cat's claws in my house is the dog. <laughs> but man, they give her hell. Uh, Rainbow does, but she, the dog Osria, also knows to just leave Rainbow alone because mm-hmm. Rainbow wants nothing to do with her. Rainbow just wants to relax there on the couch <laughs> and be ignored. Dinner mostly wants to be ignored, but there are also moments where dinner wants to dinner is willing to play with Osria. And it's so unfortunate that these two species can't figure out how to play together. Really? Yeah, because well, Dinner's idea of playing with people is to whip out his claws and just beat the Swipe hell out them. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Osria obviously doesn't like That's that. That's no fun. And her idea of play is to like find a chew toy or something mm-hmm. and throw it around and then go catch it or whatever. And Dinner has no interest in that whatsoever. Right. So it's been a fun experience watching Osria... Like, she's got this little bacon chew toy, and I absolutely hate it. She actually finally managed to break it, so it doesn't mm. make noise anymore, which means she doesn't like it. <laughs> but she had it, and it was her favorite toy. I watched her on several occasions just take it right up to dinner and drop it directly in front of him and, like, bat it and try to get him to play with it. And he, just, go. he just sat there staring at her like, what is wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> and the poor thing, she's just wagging her tail. I was like, hey, I brought you my favorite toy. Play right. with it. And it's sad, but it's humorous it's at the fun. same time. It because is fun. The disconnect there is so monumental, and I imagine a laser, I, well, you know, one of these um, pet lasers would solve the problem for both of them. They all like the laser. But they would get experience. in each other's way. Sure. And Osria- That would cause a fight. Osria, yeah, she would trample the poor cat. Yeah. I was going to say, does she like to be chased by them? That's what Coconut does with cats. She doesn't like it, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> because she won't leave them alone or whatever. So... Why are cats psychopaths? We didn't actually get back into that, but we're going to when we get back here. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us. That's 603-283-6160. More about... uh, To Osria, come to think of it, to my dog, the cats probably are psychopaths (laughs) because she certainly doesn't understand them. Tonight's amplifier, Indie Gun Church, is a gold level amplifier as well, which again means they're giving $10 per month to the AMPS program. That's our new Patreon for those who weren't following the entire thing because evidently some people are not. The old AMP podcast feed stopped working and now there's a new one that's, I think, the actual RSS feed is customized for each individual member or something like that. That's correct, through Patreon. And it's through Patreon, so it's a lot easier to manage for us, which is a good thing because it means less work. I always like that. (laughs) And it's all designed to help advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. So if you value the show, the ideas of liberty being on national radio, being the largest advocates of cryptocurrency, as far as I'm aware, in at least the radio world, you might consider joining the AMPS program. That's amps.freetalklive.com, like Indie Gun Church here did. 
Except you can join for just five bucks per month. It does not take ten dollars a month. That's just the gold level membership. Mm-hmm. So check it out. It's amps.freetalklive.com. It's really cool that Gun Church has uh, decentralized it, like spread in a decentralized way. It wasn't, you know, it's not like the person who started Gun Church here went it to Indiana, in New Hampshire. Yeah, and now it's that's elsewhere. Like somebody else just made their own gun church. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, someone said that sounds mm-hmm. like a great idea. I'm going to do it too. Yep, more power to them. So anyway, we're talking about cats here who also sort of go. They live their entire lives. Says that seems like a good idea. I'm going to do it. They they are weird little creatures, and according to this particular article or this particular study, they're psychopaths. Yes, it says, published in the Journal of Research in Personality, the study which involved 2,042 cat owners illustrates, yeah, that's a lot, illustrates the development of the first ever tool available to measure psychopathy in cats. Hmm. Okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah, me too. Tell me more. Named, you know how there's um, tools used to 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 decide if you have... PTSD and it's just like you take a little test and mm-hmm. add up the points. I think that's what it is. Because at first I thought like a metal tool that you put up to your cat mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, it, yeah, a lot of these PTSD tests, I mean, they're they're designed in such a way that if a person wants to be diagnosed with having PTSD, they will end up being diagnosed with mm-hmm. PTSD. Yeah, I bet that's true. It says, name the cat try plus... The test comes in the form of 46 statements that require owners to rate how well each one describes their pet. Oh, you should try it with your cats. <laughs> the I cat try, try with plus? The, yeah, the cat try plus. Cat is capitalized, dash, try, and then plus. Okay. Is that T-R-Y or T-R-I? T-R-I. So... What, do you have, do they give any sort of examples about yes. this? Okay. So statements include, my cat torments their prey rather than killing it straight away. See, that, that's why I chose to address that one first, because that's <laughs> yeah. something pretty much all cats do, but they don't realize that they're tormenting the prey. So the cat isn't tormenting the prey. This is the owner's inability to recognize what their cat is doing. This isn't the mm-hmm. cat's fault. The, the owner is using the wrong word here. The cat's just playing with a toy. I've only ever seen a cat quote-unquote torment their prey anyway i've never seen a cat that would just let me kill this real quick and put it out of its measure they all play with mice and right because to them it's just a toy yeah it's not a living creature that they can recognize as a living creature coconut also likes to torment things if he can catch them and he is not a psychopath which is of course why they're not psychopaths because only (laughs) humans can be psychopaths and we're projecting the idea of psychopathy onto a cat Excellent point. Yeah, the cat cannot empathize with the mouse, but that doesn't mean it's a psychopath in the same way that a psychopath wouldn't be able to empathize with other humans. No, cats can empathize with other cats. Mm-hmm. I mean, hmm. by this reasoning, most humans are going to fall into the category of a psychopath. Did yeah, you swat a meat. fly? Oh, you're a psychopath. <laughs> or just eating eating meat without like looking into you know how it goes. People could say that's psychopathic, but... Some people. Well, then I guess the counter argument to, to what you're saying would be that the uh, the fly does not have emotions, or at least we have no knowledge that it does, and so therefore you cannot empathize with a fly. Why wouldn't it? How would you know? the cat empathize with it? Right. Indeed, I'm not arguing the cat is okay, a psychopath. Right. I'm arguing the opposite. The cat is simply a cat. This one is weird because this next statement because I've um, had Maine Coons and I know that they do this. All Maine Coons do this. So it says my cat vocalizes loudly. For no apparent reason. That's another statement. I don't know what that would mean. All Maine Coons do that. They're like dogs barking. They just meow. And what does that have to do with psychopathy? That's what I'm asking. Cats too. aren't 
cats don't make noise, right? The only time cats make noise is at their human and at their mother when they're kittens. So the whole hmm. life experience of a cat is going from their mother cat into a human that continues to feed them. <laughs> they continue to lay on them just like they do their mother. You're just a big hairless cat to them that walks on two legs. You're just carrying over what their mother was doing. And to them, you are their mother. You continue feeding them just like their mother did. They purr. They need you just like just like they did their mother. And they meow at you just like they did their mother. They don't meow at other cats hmm. or at dogs, right? That's just not how they communicate. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. So if the cat is meowing, the cat wants something from the human. It's not just vocalizing. It's saying, hey, I need something. This is not easy to find, by the way, this cat, cat tribe plus thing. The different news articles describe it in three different ways. It's spelled in different ways. Cat try, cat hyphen try, the plus symbol, cat hyphen try, hyphen plus spelled out, cat hyphen try, parentheses plus, and I can't find the actual test using any of those, uh, those searches. So good luck. It may not be publicly available. Yeah, maybe not. Is there a link to it within this article? I haven't seen one. So what are they, so. so they asked a bunch of questions, and then, then what? And you're right as well. I mean, let's get back to that. Even if the cat is just meowing loudly for absolutely no reason, mm-hmm. doesn't need any attention, that doesn't mean it's a psychopath. Yeah. That's My weird. cat's watching me playing guitar going, man, is this human making all this damn noise pointlessly again? Yeah, Coconut hates, I mean, he's not a cat, but he's an animal and he hates music. He just sits there annoyed. Hmm. Well, after they ask all the uh, questions, it says all answers are scored on a five point scale. Researchers conducted the study with the intention of improving relationship between cats and their owners. I don't know how that could be. It sounds like a lot of these owners just need to be educated about what cats are. I mean, if they think their cat is torturing a mouse or their cat's just meowing for no reason, then they don't know anything about having a cat. Neither of those statements are ever true with a cat. Lead researcher Rebecca Evans said, In our study, we developed a questionnaire measure of psychopathy in domestic cats. The questionnaire was developed using uh, owner-provided examples of their cat's behavior in the context of the triarchic model of psychopathy, boldness, meanness, and disinhibition. Someone funded this nonsense. (laughs) Someone funded this survey of 2,000 cat cat people to determine whether or not their cat should be judged as psychopaths according to human yeah. standards based on criteria that is unclear at best. Like, does your cat meow loudly? Like, but, even if that's true, nothing to do with psychopathy. The fact that it, they say in the context of the triarchic model of psychopathy, boldness, meanness, and disinhibition, that's obvious that they're using human standards on cats, so... The final questionnaire measures five factors of feline psychopathy, boldness, meanness, disinhibition, pet unfriendliness, and human unfriendliness. So I guess they judge how friendly they are to your other pets as well. In terms of the cat owner relationship. I don't think that friendliness exists in the cat world, right? It exists (laughs) in the dog world. There are definitely dogs that are friendly, like Azaria, friendly to everyone she ever sees. And, but dogs are social animals Cats, not so much. Cats well, are more mercenary, in my opinion. Than, I would than a agree dog. that on average, there it's more obvious with dogs. But like, just in my parents' cats, my dad's indoor cat loves humans and will go up to all humans and pet them. The other one looks around like he's crazy, like he doesn't know where he is all the time, and only trusts a certain amount of humans. So maybe that's 
what they mean by that? Yeah, they're all different. You know, every yeah. every cat's different. And I, I agree with Bonnie on this. There's definitely different levels of friendliness amongst cats. Um, but Mr. I Rabbit wouldn't was, call it friendliness is, is what I'm saying. It's more like how obvious it is that or how open they are to human interaction more than friendliness. The other cat's not unfriendly. He just... Well, if a cat it's isn't approaching, he, well, that's by definition unfriendly. Someone who's closed off is not a friendly person. They're not accessible. <laughs> you can't just... reach them. You don't. You can't pet them. A cat that's friendly has, at the very least, figured out that being a friend to a human or pretending to be a friend or whatever you want to look at is benefiting the cat. And so, most cats are much more mercenary than jo- than dogs. They're more independent than uh, than dogs. And so, cats, the smarter ones, know if they're nicer, they're going to get more stuff. In the same way that dogs have figured that out too much you know longer ago or whatever that's why dogs are man's best friend because they figured out how to work humans better than cats have in a lot of cases i don't know how true that is i mean cats manage to domesticate themselves i mean right this so says, dogs this says that cats that score a high score on the cat tried plus scale um can be fixed by buying and investing in large cat trees and tall scratching posts the smartest cats and dogs train their humans We're out of time for tonight, but you can join us in the meantime online at chat.freetalklive.com.